0: Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday.
1: Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. Today on Catholic Baltimore, we're going to talk about two different books that help guide you through Lent and prepare well for Holy Week and Easter. Our first guest today is Deacon Greg Kandra, who is the multimedia editor for Catholic Near East Welfare Association, a pontifical society founded by Pope Pius XI in 1926. He is also the creator of the popular blog, The Deacon's Bench, which you can find online at thedeaconsbench.com. That blog gets uh, millions and millions of visitors and uh, is certainly one that a lot of people turn to for information in the Catholic Church. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Good to be here. So let's talk about your little book called The Living Gospel, Daily Devotions for Lent 2020. It's also available in Spanish. It's released by Ave Maria Press in Notre Dame, Indiana. Tell us a little bit about how people can use this book to prepare well for Lent and
2: Easter. Well, what we try to do with these these books, and it's a continuing series that Ave Maria puts out every year for both Lent and Advent. I did one for Advent, you probably remember, a couple of years ago. Correct. We talked about and that. And the idea is to... Yeah, the the idea is is to make these times of when we turn to to prayer and um, and think a little bit more deeply about our faith, and to make it accessible and sort of break it down into little bite-sized pieces, so that every day there's a prayer and and a reflection and a little piece of scripture from that day's gospel, and uh, then a little action point for people to do to try and put into practice uh, what they've just read. And it just takes a couple of minutes a day. It's, you know, to make it very accessible and, and unintimidating and not overwhelming. And if you sort of make a practice out of it, you do it every day, it's, it becomes uh, like breathing. It's it's a way of life.
1: One of the nice things about it is the size of the book is easy enough to slip into a pocket or a purse and, and have it with you uh, at all times. The one thing that complicates that a little bit is that, as you mentioned, each uh, day has a reading of the day. And unless you have a Bible with you, or I guess a Bible app on your phone, uh, it's hard to th- that makes it a little bit less portable uh, if you're bringing, carrying your Bible <laughs> with you. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good way, I think, to kind of take that in little small bites of, um, of prayer, reading, reflection, acting, and then closing with a prayer. How long would this typically take somebody to complete each day?
2: Oh, you can do it in, in less than 10 minutes, probably closer to five minutes. And mm-hmm. it's also designed in such a way that you can do it as a group, if you had a, a Bible group or if uh, people wanted to do it at church, maybe before daily mass, if there was a prayer group or a rosary group, that would like to do this together. One of the things, a uh, you know, little uh, sales pitch here, is it's very cheap. The book is two twenty five. And it's designed to be able to, to be bought in bulk so that an entire parish could use it or, like I said, groups, school groups, church groups. And, you know, just take 10 minutes uh, out of the beginning of your day and take that little time and, and focus on what this season of Lent is about and how we can get the most out of it. Let's just look at
1: one typical day. I just kind of flipped open the book and it fell on Friday, March 20th, the third week of Lent. And your theme for that day is how deep is your love, which reflects back to that that Bee Gees song from our youth. And you (laughs) say that that's a a timeless question. How do you weave those kinds of popular references or references to, to, you know, everyday things into these scripture things? Is is that a typical thing for you to do?
2: Well, yeah, I try and and keep it real. You know, there's an old popular saying that the preacher should preach with the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other and being a newsman i try and and follow that that advice very closely but i also remember something uh that a priest mentor of mine said when i was first starting out and he said whatever you do keep it real so i try as much as possible to not get into heavy deep philosophy or theology and make this as relatable for people as possible and using bits of popular culture that people can recognize and relate to and really see, uh, as the book says, the living gospel. It continues to live in our own time in in ways all around us if we just look for it.
1: These reflections are kind of like two-minute mini homilies, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the the feeling that you almost get from that. As a deacon, do you also get the chance to preach uh, the homily uh, pretty often?
2: Yeah, in my home parish, I preach three or four times a month, actually. For for a while, I was preaching every week. Now that I'm on the road and traveling so much, it's it's a little harder for me to do. But uh, even when I'm on the road, I, I tend to be visiting churches and, and preaching almost every weekend. So I've reached a point, I told someone not long ago, that everything in my life now is either a potential homily or a potential blog post. Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> Nothing, yeah. Nothing's going to be wasted there. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think it was uh, Nora Ephron's mother once said, you know, everything is copy. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: One of the things we, I think as we approach Lent is there's a lot of distractions in our lives these days. How can your book, The Living Gospel, just help people focus a little bit for these 40 days?
2: Well, I think it's important that we actively seek moments and opportunities to step away, shut the door, and be quiet with God. And these little meditations are really a good opportunity to do that. It is so hard to do that in, in this day and age. You know, we're constantly being bombarded, whether it is the internet or television or radio or whatever. And just the noise of daily life. And Lent is is a reminder that we do need to step away and refocus ourselves and and give some time to prayer and give some time not only to praying to God but to listening to God which I think is something too many of us neglect to do that you know I, I, I uh, spoke yesterday at a, at a retreat for deacons uh, I'm in South Carolina right now and mm-hmm. I said that prayer is really it's not a monologue it's a dialogue and if you work at it and, and give time to, to to really listen to what God is saying to you it, it's it's so fruitful and, uh, and to really change the way that you live your life.
1: And is that kind of the purpose of the, the way you, you structure each day for this with prayer, reflection, uh, scripture, and then again, closing with prayer. Does that help kind of focus that dialogue
2: or, or allow us
1: to be open to the dialogue, I
2: guess? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it can stimulate ideas, and really, I, I think if you, if you do this thoughtfully and prayerfully and, and humbly, and maybe even a couple of times a day, if you, if you pray these, uh, these little devotions at the beginning of the day, and maybe revisit them at, at lunchtime or at the end of the day, and see you know, what you've experienced, what you've seen, what, what the Spirit uh, has, has said to you uh, through all of this, I think that can be very useful also.
1: Your perspective may even change over the course of the day, or as yeah, you exactly. thought about it a little bit more through the day, you kind of might get a different sense or a, a different reflection on, on what you read.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, we're, <laughs> we are constantly uh, works in progress, which is a point that I make in this book, and that's something else that, that Lent is all about, is our own sort of little mini self-improvement project and to be aware of that and to work on that day-by-day, moment-by-moment is, is a beautiful thing.
1: Now, your book takes us up through Holy Thursday, but not Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter. Why not?
2: Right. <laughs> well, actually, that was my publisher's idea. They gave me the option of, of how far I wanted to go. And uh, I think the uh, part of the impetus of... of sort of stopping just short of the Triduum is because there is so much in the Triduum itself that takes up so much of our emotions and so much of our, our time and our, and our prayer life. And it is time for doing the, the Stations of the Cross and uh, preparing for the, the quiet of, of Holy Saturday and then the triumph of the Easter Vigil. And I sort of leave it up to, to each individual how they want to observe that. And uh, instead of trying to add one more thing for them to do or to pray or to think about, I think it leaves people the option and, and the freedom of how they want to observe those days themselves. And a lot of parishes have a lot of activities during those days, and it's a very intense time. So I, I decided I wanted to steer away from giving people too much
1: very good. Well, that's probably a good way to uh, to get us right up through uh, from Ash Wednesday through uh, through Holy Week. So we appreciate it. We've been talking today with Deacon Greg Kandra, who is author of the Living Gospel Daily Devotions for Lent 2020. It's available in English and Spanish from Ave Maria Press in Notre Dame, Indiana. Thanks so much for being with us today, Deacon Greg. Thank you, Chris. And after the break, we're going to talk with. Father Michael White and Tom Corcoran from Nativity Parish about a similar book that they have produced for Lent called Messages of Trust. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore.
3: Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Jesuit Father George V. Coyne, a 1951 graduate of Loyola Blakefield in Towson, who led the Vatican Observatory as its director for 28 years, died February 11th in Syracuse, New York. He was 87. In a 2005 interview with the Catholic Review, Father Coyne remembered that his interest in astronomy and religious life was cultivated by the Jesuits he encountered in high school and then in seminary. Father Coyne told the review that when he was a young seminarian, books on science were considered a distraction. It was a professor of Greek who noticed his interest in the subject and provided him with a library card to take out science books in secret. He gave me a flashlight and it lights out. I had to pull a blanket over my head and open this book so I didn't get caught reading the strange literature. Father Coyne told the review. One of nine children, Father Coyne grew up attending St. Bridget's School in Baltimore and St. Cecilia School in Baltimore before heading to Loyola-Blakefield on a scholarship. After graduating from Loyola-Blakefield in 1951, he entered the Jesuit novitiate in Warner'sville, Pennsylvania. Father Coyne served as Vatican Observatory Director from 1978 to 2006, overseeing the modernization of its facilities raising its profile in the science world and welcoming a new international generation of Jesuit astronomers to its staff. He first joined the observatory staff as an astronomer in 1969 and held a position until 2011. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks.
4: Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV?
5: Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770.
0: You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic
6: Baltimore. This is Chris Gonti of the Catholic Review, and now I'm sitting with... Father Michael White, who is pastor of Church of the Nativity in Timonium, and the associate to the pastor, Tom Corcoran. They have written a book called Messages of Trust for Lent 2020, and these are three-minute devotions. So, let's start us off, Father Michael. Why did you try to produce something that people can prepare for Lent in a very quick and easy way
7: every day? Hey, Chris. Good to be with you. We were just looking to provide our parishioners with an easy handy resource that they could keep in their pocket or their pocketbook and turn to whenever they had a free moment in the course of the day. And in just that way, a simple devotional like this can really bring a spiritual dimension to the season of Lent that might otherwise be lacking just for lack of opportunity.
6: Mm-hmm. Is it hard, do you think, for people to prepare for Lent with everything else going on in their lives?
7: I think it's very hard for them to prepare. And I think that as a pastor, I would just flip that over and acknowledging that it's very difficult for them to prepare for Lent, use Lent as a period of preparation for Easter. And that's what our devotionals aim at. Mm-hmm.
6: Tom, one of the things that I like about this is each day is self-contained on one page, mm-hmm. so and and it's all there. You've got a scripture reading, you've got some reflection, but you treat um, the weekends differently from the weekdays. Why is that and what's the difference?
8: Well, Kyle, kind of what I was trying to do is they come out of having a week whatever the message was from that weekend or the, the scripture passage was that weekend, and then leading people through a journey of that the topic of that week. So different topics here are, again, it's about messages of trust, but about trusting God when God does not always make sense to us as human beings. So uh, things like when God says no, when God seems to put the wrong people in charge, when God's timing seems late, why does God allow suffering and pain? And so each week is meant to be a reflection through that question and to give us some scripture to help us go deeper into it and into hopefully a more satisfying answer to bring us deep in our trust in God.
6: Mm -hmm. When you look at these simple reflections, What are you hoping that people will take away at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the Holy Week?
8: I think, you know, if you just get a nugget, I think a lot of times we expect kind of faith to be these big, huge moments. But really, the reason for something like this devotional is the little... You know, I would. I mean, I love sports, so little singles. <laughs> doesn't always have to be grand slams, but a single or just a little bit of practice goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And over time, if you just get a nugget a day, one scripture verse, one one phrase from scripture, if you're doing that every single day, you add that over time, get 1%
7: better, you're really going to grow in your faith. Mm-hmm. We say to our prisoners over and over again that really the steps that we take in discipleship and spiritual growth are mighty simple steps. They're so simple that they're easy to overlook.
6: Tell and me a little bit more
7: about that. Well, uh, a daily devotional, a daily prayer simple as can be. Uh, a, a kindness, uh, a small sacrifice. These are things that all of us can do and, and should do and they are not inconsequential, they are not unimportant. I remember growing up we Gave something up for Lent, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a charming custom, at one level, but it was also a really practical, basic, spiritual exercise that children could do, mm-hmm. and it meant something to us. I think also
8: to add to your to your question is that I think if each of these days we I, we want to set up a conversation with God, and if that conversation is only for a minute. That's okay. It's it's at least checking in and. Uh, again maybe something to mull over the rest of the day again that's all very simple
6: deacon greg kendra mentioned in the first part of the show about the fact that this is really setting up a dialogue with Mm. god and that it's not just me praying to god and not hearing anything back i hear you saying the same thing why is that important that we listen Uh, yeah i I,
8: because it it is a relationship right so conversation we have conversations with people we're in relationship with and so in some ways, I think the scripture verses is God talking to us, or so it is, it's God's word. And then there's an opportunity, hopefully, a prompt in this to talk back to God. And again, we can also hear God in, in our hearts from that. So yeah, I, I like that, I, that dialogue idea a lot.
6: Mm-hmm. Saturdays, you've devoted to a psalm, just kind of a prayer of praise. Why take a different tack on Saturday, rather than scripture and then reflection?
8: Uh, you know, I, I just love the Psalms. We love the Psalms. That I think they are God's kind of school of teaching us on how to pray. So, kind of just using the Psalms to remind us that this is these are prayers in Scripture. And so, keep that very simple on Saturdays.
6: Mm-hmm. These grew out of a message series that you did here at Nativity a few years ago, correct? And when you plan a message series and you look at it a whole season at a time, how do you try to? make a progression of what you're telling the people, so that they really, by the time that season is over, they have absorbed something. What's that process like?
7: We, we love message series, and this is something that we have adapted from evangelical churches, but they make so much more sense in the liturgical church with the uh, liturgical seasons of the year and the cycle of the lectionary, mm-hmm. uh, which provides us with uh, series as it as it were and themes. Certainly uh, never more so than during the season of, of Lent, which is a, a theme, a series that is given to us by the church. So we have developed message series over the years and and this book represents, you know, sort of the bare bones of, of one of them that we that we offered three three years ago.
8: And I think you had the right analogy though. It's it is a journey of taking people somewhere, and again, Lent's a great opportunity, that because we are journeying towards the cross, mm-hmm. and then ultimately towards Easter Sunday and the resurrection, so yeah, it is just a great, we were trying to take people on, on a journey, and obviously, we can't explore the whole topic <laughs> in five weeks or six exactly. weeks, there's going to be more to come back to, but at least kind of get you a little bit further down the road on, on your spiritual journey in whatever topic we're talking about.
6: Say somebody misses a day or two, I mean, if you look at at a baseball season, if you go back to your sports analogy, you know, I mean, it's a long season, and there are wins and there are losses. Somebody misses a day;
7: they try to catch up or just come back to the to the day that they missed. We see, try not to miss two days. Okay. If you miss a day, okay, everybody's going to miss a day here and there, but don't let it then become your habit or your excuse for not embracing the discipline and the whole of a season of discipline. Yeah, I think it's
8: best to just pick up the day where you are too, because. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it a harder hurdle. Like If you if you want to go to the gym and you haven't gone to the gym for a long time and you go for like an hour and a half and then you're achy and you're hurt and you're all this, you're not going to go back to the gym the next day because you're, it's just going to be a negative association. Mm-hmm. If you try to cram in all the days you missed, it starts feeling more of a burden than a blessing. And mm-hmm. so I think it's better keep the habit as best you can. As Father Michael said, don't miss two days in a row, but even if you do that, Pick it back up right where you are, and don't beat yourself up. And you're becoming the type of person who prays, and making that deposit in the bank account, so to speak, is much more important.
6: Mm-hmm. As you move through this, and you and people get to Holy Week with messages of trust for Lent 2020, what do you hope they take into Holy Week and the Triduum?
7: Well, first of all, I suppose a sense of the sacred that they have that they have built up a sense of the sacred throughout the course of the season, and that they make Holy Week truly a holy experience. Yeah,
8: you know, I think we talked about in the beginning of the book, if you read the introduction, we talked about the gift of disorientation, that we understand something and then life, we become disoriented, and that's actually a gift because it's forcing us to kind of grow and go to the next place. So I think through this, if we help people face some of the questions, maybe they're lingering in the back of their mind about God. Mm -hmm. And we bring them to the forefront and then it makes them wrestle with that. And then as they come through the season of Lent to feel like I have a a clear understanding of God. Of course, we'll never have a total understanding of God. If we could totally understand God, he he wouldn't be God. But we would be grow- <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'd be we'd be grow. You know, to be growing a closer to say, I, I understand God more, or I'm closer to God because I understand how He works in my life as a result of these prayers.
6: And what do you hope to be able to preach on Easter Sunday that? That will this break all the rest of this open? Well, huh. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty presumptuous. Yeah, that's a long way away.
8: That's a
7: long
6: way away. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. We've been talking today with Father Michael White, pastor of the Church of the Nativity in Timonium, and Tom Corker, an associate to the pastor. They are the co-authors of the Rebuilt series of parish resources, and they are the authors of Messages of Trust for Lent 2020, three-minute devotions. We also talked before the break about the book, The Living Gospel, Daily Devotions for Lent 2020 by Deacon Greg Kandra. Both books are available from Ave Maria Press in Notre Dame, Indiana. You can find the books at avemariapress.com. This is Christopher Gunte of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore.
9: Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you.
4: Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org.